0: Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles and Brian McElfresh.
1: Hey, everybody! Welcome back to the CFB Dynasty Podcast. We're talking all things college fantasy football. My name is Matt Knowles. He over here, over that side. That's BMac, Brian McElfresh. How you doing today, Brian?
0: Yeah, I'm doing great just here in the uh, Searchlytics office and uh, super stoked to be a day away from people coming over from the home league, uh, getting ready to watch uh, some great games tomorrow night. So you
1: guys might be wondering, why was there no podcast last week? We diligently tried to make it happen, but last week BMAC was out there on vacation. He was out there uh, fishing. Were you in Key West?
0: Uh Key Colony, it's about an hour north of Key West. I hadn't okay. been to the Keys in a long time. It was more of a a business trip and uh just kind of doing some some planning and things like that for the new year for searchalytics. But uh it was fun. A little bit of seasickness, but other than that it was it was a lot of fun. Caught a bunch yeah, I of was, Mahi.
1: Oh, uh, did you catch a lot of Mahi? So you guys eating yep. fish all week?
0: Yes. All week,
1: <laughs> good, good, good. Well, I was. Uh, I we did the trip to GeekCon last week. It was. Uh, it was. Uh, was it last week? Man, I don't even know anymore. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. Why we didn't have a podcast last week? Uh, we did the uh, GeekCon festival in Shreveport, Louisiana. Um, myself and a lot of the guys from Scout Comics actually drove up from Florida, which in theory sounded like a good idea, but um, it was sixteen hours up, eighteen hours back. And if you guys know anything about the the um, generational flooding. It was happening in the Dallas and Shreveport area. Um, it was crazy. Uh, my partner at in Symmetry Creations, I just see in my name, it says hashtag team and sim. Steph Cannon flew in from California. She was supposed to leave a day early. She ended up having four flights get canceled because of the weather. And you know you're not Brutal. in a good spot when you're sitting outside your hotel and the weather channel van, weather channel van rolls up. The crew pops <laughs> out and they do an interview with you because of how bad the weather is. So um, I, I don't know if having a Weather Channel interview was on our uh, was on our bingo card, but we actually can can check that one off now. <laughs> that's anyway, awesome. that's, why, anyways, that's <laughs> why we weren't here last week. So we're glad to be back because we are negative four days from the start of the college football season. Four days ago, we had week one. There were some cool things that happened in week one. We're going to talk about that. But the thing that you guys care about is one day from now, the college fantasy football season starts and we are all super stoked. Super excited about that. BMAC, tell them how excited you are about college fantasy football starting tomorrow.
0: So stoked. So setting lineups is a blast. Oh, I'm, I'm really excited. We'll be doing uh, DFS stuff. Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later on the pod. But yeah, getting all the DFS lineups set up. And we're collecting that data, building something that we think will be pretty cool that we'll show you on the podcast a little bit for those of you watching on YouTube so you can kind of check it out behind the scenes a little bit. But yes, college football. i uh, be taking my <clears throat> five-year-old up to the swamp on Saturday for Utah, um, a two-and-a-half-point favorite against the Gators, and uh, just so stoked to be watching Thursday night. Friday night, all day Saturday and then live Saturday night, then Sunday night and Monday night. Can't wait.
1: How you feeling about uh your boys the Gators against Utah? That's a pretty big matchup for them week 1.
0: It's a big matchup and Utah is someone that, you know, I've followed obviously being in fantasy football, you follow all these teams. There's someone you respect as a program where they are good year in and year out. It's one of those like fantasy defenses that kind of surprises how good it is, how often they were in the top 10. And it's cool to see like what Kyle Whittingham has done and, and built as they jumped into the Pac-12. And now they're, they're like the premier team. I think they're tied with USC for odds to make the playoff or odds to win the conference or something like that. So um, Utah is so good, O-line, D-line. Um, great running backs, we got Qu- uh, returning quarter- quarterback. Quarterback and... on the rise,
1: no pun intended, and Cameron Rising. <laughs> right.
0: And uh, so it's going to be a tough, tough matchup. One of the things that I don't know, because I haven't like traveled out there to Utah, I plan on doing that next year, is what's the difference going to be like? Who has the the better advantage in terms of weather-wise? Is it the Florida humidity, which if you haven't been in the South, don't even – Think it's it's nothing because it's definitely something. And then um, out in Utah with the the elevation change and all that, like I don't, I really don't, I haven't experienced that. I haven't really done any mountain climbing or anything, so it's going to be interesting to see how the players handle that. But I think that's going to be more on the offenses and how they produce. Like if if Utah or Florida, if one of them is able to kind of dictate <clears throat> the running game and control the clock and and really have a big advantage on the number of plays that they run offensively, I think the other team, whoever that is, is going to be the one, you know, cramping late in the fourth quarter.
1: And that's a really good point that you bring up. Um, When we were out there in Shreveport, we were walking from our hotel over to a restaurant for dinner. It was five o'clock, six o'clock at night. The sun was out and walking over to the restaurant, I was turning around to one of the guys and I was like, I'm not sweating at all. I don't even understand this. This doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like, my body doesn't know how to react to being able to walk outside from the hotel four blocks away to a restaurant and there was not a drip of sweat on me. In Florida, <laughs> you think about walking outside and you're drenched. Yep. So yeah, that's a really good point about, uh, you know, will the guys from Utah be able to handle the ridiculous, horrible, disgusting, absolutely insane humidity that happens in uh, in this area at this time of year?
0: Yeah, and the swamp used to actually be some sort of swamp grounds. It's like below the the level of normal land around there. It's um, you know that's how it's got it got its name. But anyways, um, it'll be fun. Uh, the the energy will be insane. And then there's a, a it kind of sucks that uh all another really big live game uh, Ohio State Notre Dame is happening at the same time. So. I'll be coming home late, and then I'll watch that game.
1: So, what time is your uh, what time is your game on Saturday? Seven o'clock. Man, they they could have had that thing earlier. You really could have uh, taken advantage of that humidity.
0: That's how they used to do it with Spurrier. He would always have those teams come from, you know, out of the south and have it at noon.
1: My boys, NC State, get to play uh, cross state rival ECU at noon on Saturday. There's so many people that are that's that's basically like the. Uh, the, the fashionable pick to pick the upset saying ECU is going to get that game. And there, that's a, it's a good rivalry, good history, but I really hope my boys can pull it off. NC state has got a, uh, a known history of disappointment when it comes to uh, being ranked high and everybody talking high about them. They've got the number one ranked linebacker in college football in Drake Thomas, which is insane. Uh, part of the number one linebacking crew in the country. Uh, and They've also got the uh, preseason ACC player of the year and Devin Leary on offense, so uh, let's hope that they can uh, live up to these expectations. Cause as an NC state fan, you know, we all want to do it for pinhead. My late brother, come on now, do it for pinhead NC state. We need you.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh...
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Right, there's so... going to be some disappointed people. Hopefully I'm not one of them, but uh,
1: I'm not one either. We can't be Nebraska having Nebraska
0: certainly is.
1: <laughs> oh, Nebraska. That's right. That brings us to our, our first section we want to talk about. Let's we're going to talk about what we loved and what we didn't in week zero so you know what, because you went to Nebraska first, we're going to go and we're going to start with what we didn't like in week zero. Why don't you talk about Nebraska real quick?
0: So, uh, first of all, I was driving back to Ocala from the Keys and uh, really sadly didn't get to fully soak in everything. We were having some trouble during game day. Uh, just not able to stream it. it just wasn't working down in the keys for whatever reason but once we got to Miami and a little north of Miami uh we were able to watch the, the Nebraska game and the onside kick oh I mean everyone's gonna talk about it but it, everything just shifted after that um they had a good lead and Northwestern was able to just control the game after that running the ball uh timely passing but just running it and uh Man, Nebraska wasn't the same. That sucked, man. Uh, it, you, I'm not like a, a Nebraska fan, I, but I like to see them do good. They're they're a team that was great when I was growing up. So, um, man, seeing them struggle. You just thought Scott Frost was going to be that guy. Um, it, it came down to Nebraska or Florida, and he spurned Florida to go to Nebraska. Um, obviously, that's his alma mater where he played. But dang. Just kind of root for him and, and just get burned every time. But it's got to be way worse to be a Nebraska fan.
1: Yeah, he, he has probably got the hottest seat in college football right now. I mean, I I'm, if he performs like that, yeah. I can't see him lasting through the end of the season. I mean, it's not the pros where you fire a coach midseason, but I, I really can't see him lasting past this season if mm-hmm. uh, if he continues to perform the way he has.
0: No, and if you're looking for a date, his buyout goes down in October. so.
1: Well, I can tell you the thing that I didn't like about week one, week zero in college, in a fantasy, excuse me, week one in just college football overall was the ACC's performance. Granted, I'm an NC State fan, so you're not going to hear me saying a whole lot of good stuff about Florida State or North Carolina. They just happened to be the two guys that were playing. I'm going to be objective, but I feel like it took both of those schools far too long to put away inferior opponents. Um, Both of those games, um, you had Florida State and Duquesne, you had UNC and uh, Florida A&M, you're talking about schools that are completely inferior to these ACC powerhouses, Florida, a and M goes into the game. They find out they've got, what was it? 26 or 27 ineligible players. They weren't even nice. sure if they were going to play the game. And they went into the game with something like 37 players dressed against a power five team. That's the kind of game that should have been like 80 to nothing. <laughs> and it took until partway through the second half for either florida state or north carolina to really put those games away so that's not a good sign maybe it's the kind of thing where hey they were just kind of getting their feet wet you know just getting getting used to things and they're going to turn it on but if you're a fan of one of those two schools uh from a college football perspective can't really be too happy about those performances but that also brings us into the other side of this coin now we're going to talk about what we loved about week zero and i know that b mac is going to go right back to one of those games that we just talked about and talk about a couple of the players he really liked out of that UNC game.
0: Yeah. So one of the all time good names, storm duck for North Carolina, got a pick. That's awesome. Uh, really not that relevant for fantasy and what we're talking about on this pod, but a Marion Hampton for North Carolina, you know, you kind of wanted to see who was going to get after uh Bertan Brown goes down for the season, who's going to be that guy at running back? And it looks like it's going to be one of the true freshmen of Marion Hampton. So bigger back uh, looked really good. Um, Petaway got in there with, with four touches, uh, or four carries, I should say. But um, <clears throat> Elijah Green got eight carries, but Hampton led the way with 14 carries, 101 yards, two touchdowns. And if that's something that continues, he's going to be a great Wave where I pick up for any kind of league.
1: One of the things that I really liked, I really liked the way that Vanderbilt came out. Nobody expects Vanderbilt to do anything. Vanderbilt is a bottom feeder in um, not only in regular college football, but you normally don't see a lot of guys from Vanderbilt that are going to be popping in fantasy football either. When you go out there and you drop 63 points in a game and you're Vanderbilt, um, eyes are going to be turned towards them to see if they have anybody that's going to have some continued fantasy relevance. We'll, uh, we'll come back to that that continued fantasy relevance here in just a sec. But the other guy that I really liked in week one, the guy who had the first touchdown in college, in college football this year, Malachi Corley from Western Kentucky. I drafted him early in all my leagues, and I was really glad to see that he came out and had three TDs in week zero. I was also really upset to see that he had three TDs in week zero because I want those scores when it actually counts for me. But I was glad to see that all the preseason hype on him Um, he showed that he's actually a baller and he's ready to make it happen.
0: Heck yeah. Uh, Quirley's awesome. That's going to be a fun offense to watch with Austin Reed there, a quarterback. Looks like they're going to be good again. We'll see.
1: Now, before we get into our our rankings, one thing we do want to talk about is you guys want to have, there's a little bit of word of caution. Uh, There's a lot of guys that that teams that played against uh, inferior opponents, warm up games, money games, In week zero, you're going to see a ton of that in week one. You're going to see a ton of that in week two. So as we transition into talking about fantasy football rankings um, for this week, which I know a lot of you guys are listening to this podcast because you want to get there, you need to have a word of caution and look at the guys that are performing well, who they're performing well against. Because you could have a guy that blows up against an FCS school or against a lower level group of five school that doesn't really do anything else later on in the year. Uh, Why is that going to be, they might rest their starters. Their starters might play for only a quarter and you might have a backup. that's going to play for, for three or four quarters in a game. And, um, you know, they, that might not be indicative of the kind of playing time he's going to have or the kind of performance. So always take a look at who those opponents are early on and make sure that if you're going to go invest in a guy that you're not investing in a guy that went out against Duquesne and blew it up or Austin pay and blew it up. Um, make sure that you're investing in a guy that has an ability to continue that kind of performance as the season goes on. Um, back before we got on the podcast, you brought up a really good point about uh, the way that we operate in our home league and the CFB dynasty league. Um, I'll let you talk about that and our, our limited pickups that we have and why that's super important when it comes to guys like this.
0: Yeah. So for most leagues, that I've been a part of, kind of around the industry, you get unlimited pickups and uh, waiver wire pickups, and that's great. So you can take a guy like a Marion Hampton now, and it doesn't really hurt you, especially if you have a big roster. But one of the biggest things to make fantasy uh, competitive and fun, and really, I, I honestly think it's why my or our league, Matt, has lasted, you know, we're in year 15 now, um, it's because it doesn't really allow for. Just those guys that hunt the waiver wire to totally dominate. So, limiting the number of waiver <clears throat> wire pickups you're allowed to make during the season, which ours is pretty extreme at three, um, but uh, you also only get three cuts during the, during the uh, off season. So, limiting that kind of stuff is a good way to make you kind of wait you kind of got to take people with lower risk and how you get lower risk is you get more data so you you might want to wait two or three weeks and really see that okay marion hampton is going to be that guy at north carolina but uh that's that's really a good way to kind of set up the league um and just not let you know, it, it devalues the draft so much if you just have, uh, you know, unlimited waiver wire pickups.
1: And if you're somebody that's coming over and you're, let's say you're a newbie and you're watching this podcast, listening to this podcast, and you're used to playing pro fantasy football, you're never going to have guys on the waiver wire that are going to go for 500 yards and seven touchdowns uh, on a weekend as a as a quarterback. But you're going to have that happen on a regular basis in college fantasy. So if we had... Unlimited waiver wire pickups. Everybody would have a 500-yard, six-touchdown quarterback every single week, and it's just—it's not about how you drafted, like b said. It's not about how you construct your roster. It's about who can go out there and just poach from the top of the waiver wire each week. So it really makes it where if you have a bad draft, and I had a bad draft a couple of years ago, um, you're really having to uh, to work whether it's the trade, whether it's trades, which hasn't been me on the trading side for the last couple of years but you're having to work
0: couple. work
1: your, uh, your in-season picks, which are as, as more valuable, we think, than a first-round pick in the draft. Um, because with only being three, that means in a 12-team league, you're only picking up 36 guys across the league all year. And there are far more than 36 guys that are performing at a high level. So if you don't get one of those guys, I can tell you right now, one of the guys that I picked that absolutely killed me a couple years ago was Kazai Holmes for Penn State. He just transferred to Florida State. I dropped him in the off season. If he goes to Florida state and he goes off, I'm going to be super mad because I let him go because, because I homes did nothing and I yeah. wasted a waiver wire pickup on him. So that's one of my three pickups in the year went to a guy that did nothing. And I could have had a, I could have had a quarterback. I've, I've also picked up Devonte Adams, Devonte Smith. Those guys both came as waiver wire pickups in season with one of those three picks. We've had some huge guys like that in our league get picked up. So I agree with the the thought that if you have limited pickups in a college league, it's really going to make people have to think and really value the draft, trades and in-season pickups pretty much equal.
0: Yeah, other ways to kind of balance your league out like that is to have, you know, double the the, the owners that you would have in a, in an NFL league so maybe you have 24 or 30 owners and that kind of spreads the talent out or you just really limit the the roster size but some of these leagues where you have massive roster uh, capability and uh, unlimited pickups um, but yeah it's, it's not as great but let's get into news and notes and then we can get into rankings. Let's do Absolutely. it.
1: Absolutely let's do it.
0: News and Notes. All right, so I'm going to start a little bit off the radar from college football news and notes. This is a streaming service. YouTube TV has announced Um, they'll be adding this. uh, Let's see, what do they call it? Mosaic is what it's called. Have you heard of this, Matt? I have not. Well, so me about tell me so about Mosaic is is going to be basically where you're, you can do multiple screens up to, I think, four at a time on on one TV. Um, so that's going to be similar to PlayStation View, which I had specifically. Like, I picked out PlayStation View, and it's uh, since then defunct, and I switched to YouTube TV as uh, as a streaming service. <clears throat> but it had, you could watch three games at once. And I don't know... What else this like picture, it's not really picture in picture, it's like a a true split screen. I don't know what else this is good for other than sports, but uh this is right up our alley. Uh really hope this launches soon, but you'll be able to do, yeah, it's gonna you're gonna be able to split your your feed into four screens and watch, you know, four different games at once. So if you already have a setup like I do, so going into week one last year and we'll probably do this week two for our home league this year, is have the league over as many guys or as, uh, as our local. You commit one of the TVs to fan tracks so you can see, all right, on the full team view, how are all the games going, who's scoring the most points, all that stuff. That was a blast. And then as many other TVs as you can get in there with, with live games going on. And uh, super fun. Looking forward to hosting that um, as many weekends as, as we can get together this year. <clears throat> All right, let's get into to some of the player data. Some of this or player news. So Coastal Carolina announced Grayson McCall as a starter just because he had surgery in the offseason. Otherwise, it's pretty uneventful. Um, yeah, but that,
1: that's still huge, though, because Grayson McCall, there was some worry when he got his surgery. When is he going to be able to come back? Um, so it's good to be able to see him be able to start the season. Grayson McCall is probably one of the most influential quarterbacks in college fantasy right now. Uh, so it's really good to see him uh, coming back. Um, side note, that was one of my waiver wire pickups in both leagues, one of our three. So I'm really glad to see, uh, Grayson McCall that just shows how powerful those waiver wire pickups are in our leagues.
0: Hawaii announced the three quarterback competition continues after the week zero performance. Uh, okay. <laughs> so
1: ba- basically the old, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. If you have three at Hawaii, do not even think about playing one of those guys in fantasy football right now.
0: Yeah. This, that stuff's good to know uh especially as you go into DFS not that Hawaii is in there a ton but if they are avoid Hawaii quarterbacks um <clears throat> Hunter Decker's has announced the starter at Iowa State um Colin Schley no surprise to fantasy football community there um let's see nothing else major there at quarterback at Appalachian State you've got Cam Cameron Peoples or Nate Noel is the starter, so they're gonna kind of split the duties, similar to what they did last year, yes. probably. But um, if Peoples continues to get the goal line, he'll he'll continue to be the the number one guy there. Um, and they collectively can have a huge year running the ball at App State. Arkansas announced Rocket Sanders as the starter, the clear starter with A.J. Green as the backup there. Um, skip down a little bit here. Ramir Johnson, someone that really disappointed. Um, Scott Frost quoted, we got to use him more after no offensive snaps in week Ooh. zero.
1: Yikes. Ooh. That's... that's uh...
0: So was so I, weird. I could,
1: underst- I could understand if a guy only gets in for a few, but if you got a guy that you say gets in for zero, that goes back to the offensive coordinator. How does a guy not even get in the game?
0: Doesn't make his hot seat any cooler, that's for sure. Um, especially when he was, like, hyped during the preseason. Anyways, uh, Marquez Cooper, no surprise, has denounced as Kent State's true starter. Um, at Marshall with Rasheed Ali out. Uh, former FSU transfer and a, and a pretty big recruit Kalan Laybourne is gonna be the starter there for uh, for Marshall definitely someone to seek out in DFS um, in that offense um, let's see Um O'Shaan Allison for man for Ohio is is uh, out for the season with a shoulder injury um, Trace Siggers is announced the starter at SMU. Uh, Kamar Wheaton is kind of who we projected there all off season. Uh, he's not even in the top four, but that's because he's still working his way back from a knee injury. Um, so we'll wait for him to get healthy before we make any judgments on on Wheaton, but Siggers is the guy if you need an SMU running back early in the season um at receiver um no surprise for arkansas listed depth chart starters warren thompson Jaden hazelwood matt landers clemson a little bit weird uh where it's not an inspector no surprise there but then it's ej williams or bo collins man bo collins has just looked like the dude um we'll wait and see yeah bo Um, collins
1: had all the preseason hype he was pretty much on everybody's everybody's sleeper list, everybody's, you got to get Bo Collins. So yeah, to see him, not, not a definitive top two guy. Then again, Clemson's going to throw the ball a lot. So if you're the the three receiver, you're probably still going to get a lot of, uh, a lot of looks, but yeah, if he's not a definitive top two, that is a little concerning at this point.
0: Yeah. Eric Gilbert was in a, some sort of car accident, but he's unaffected Um, Kirby smart recently said that he needs to be more consistent. Um, Let me tell you
1: back, back in the day when Brian McElfresh and I started playing fantasy football, his team was named the curse after Javon curse. (laughs) But I think that Eric Gilbert probably is going to take that nickname over because that guy, if you have him in fantasy football is cursed. He's been at three different sec schools. He's gone back and forth between being a wide receiver and a tight end. Always seems like something negative is going on around this guy when it comes to fantasy football. And, um, I would have a hard time having him on my team because you just can't, you can't trust him. You can't trust. He's going to be at the position you need him to be. Um, yeah. Eric Gilbert is definitely something. There's a dark cloud over him for some reason.
0: Georgia needs him to perform this year. That's for sure. Um, so at Ole Miss, there's only one true receiver listed as a starter. That's Jonathan Mingo. The rest are oars uh, all over that depth chart. Um Gunnar Romney is hopeful to play Friday, has been limited in practice. Um, Corey Rucker at South Carolina, sounds questionable. Um, starters for SMU, which is uh, obviously huge for fantasy. Rasheed Rice, um, and then, uh, Jake Bailey. And then you've got some oars after that. Um... Mason Tharp for Texas Tech's been full go in practice after a concussion. And that's really it for recent news and notes. And we can get right into rankings if you want.
1: That sounds good to me. And I know that a lot of these news and notes, people trying to make sure these things get put up onto the Discord channel. If you're not a part of the CFB Dynasty Discord channel, what are you doing? Get up there because we're going to be talking about the Discord channel here in just a little bit with an, in another segment. But you want to get up there, news and notes, questions, interaction with guys that are probably deeper into college fantasy football than you are. Um, so you, yeah, you want to get up on the uh, the Discord channel. I know BMAC will show you a little bit later how to get how to make that happen. But you want to make sure you're on the CFE Dynasty Discord channel and come and get yourself involved with guys that are like minded, thinking college fantasy football just like you.
0: Heck yeah! And uh, we look to use that all throughout the season. It's going to be fun in there. So. Join in, have some fun, it's free, um, and uh, chat us up anytime, that's where we'll take, a, and we have taken uh, questions for this pod that we'll get to, like Matt alluded to in a little bit, but what I've got here is uh, the week one player rankings, you can get these onto the site just from our, our main rankings page, and I uh, have had some good feedback from people when they, when they struggle to find anything on the website. You know, that's something where I need to fix it. So if you have any of that feedback on Discord or whatever, Twitter, hit me up. Like, that's uh, a great place to kind of provide some feedback that will benefit everyone. Um, Love getting that feedback. So I'm going to be working on that some this week. But uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see uh, the screen share now for the week one player rankings. And I want to go into a little bit of... What's, what's my process for this? What's our, our process for how we rank players? And then I know Matt's got some, some questions and stuff. So <clears throat> we've got an, an algorithm that we've built that we're going to perfect before it's uh, live to everyone. We're going to be publishing updates and everything um, in the Discord for how it's going. It's basically our community of peeps that will get kind of get the behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, but the the vision of this is to take basically everything that I do and uh, take my any biases that I have out of out of the equation, and so it's gonna like the algorithm's gonna understand all the year to date data for like a given player, you know, like what percentage of the the offense is this receiver, whatever, and kind of take that year to date data. It's going to look at the Vegas metrics. Um, Primarily, it's going to be the spread of the game paired with the over-under to kind of understand against the opponent coming up this week, um, you know, what is likely to happen. How many points will, you know, Alabama score this week? Um, This really came in handy for me looking at the Vegas metrics a couple years in when I was like... Hmm, it's weird that you know kind of Tulsa would splash and then they would fall off. Like how how good is it really just for these smaller school teams understanding from a Vegas perspective or using those Vegas metrics to understand how many games are they going to win, how good is their offense, how good is their defense? this is really what gave me a competitive advantage early on and i I want that to be you know for everyone that signs up for cfb i want you to to use the same thing so i try and present that data here um where you can see now i've got caleb oh real quick before i get into that we're also going to be tying in when the algorithm launches once statistical significance is reached probably week three or four um that means basically we have enough uh, data points to be able to comfortably say okay this guy is you know X percentage of the offense blah 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 it's also going to tie in a weather API where um, you know if if it's going to be a downpour in the swamp uh, this weekend just for example um, then passing games are going to be affected negatively and our algorithms going to do that. Um, you know, maybe running games are affected positively, blah, blah, blah. That's that's all going to be taken into effect um, by the algorithm once that launches. But for now, it's all manual. This is my process where I take all the player data, year-to-date stats, all that stuff, and I present it here. We'll have uh, trends. So I, I like to include the previous three weeks because that's kind of where you'll see, um, you know, okay, this player's really taking off. He's He's starting to get uh, to consistently trend higher than his, uh, you know, fantasy points per game year to date. That kind of stuff is great data uh, to pick up on trends and know kind of who to trade for, who to get rid of, and who to pick up on the waiver wire. And then ultimately, who do you start in your lineups? And so, one
1: real one real yep. quick point as Brian continues. If you're somebody's like, oh, man, let me go up to the cfbdynasty.com website so I can check this out. What you're looking at right now is only available if you are, are signed up and registered through the site. If you go up there as a non-member, all everything that's at the bottom of the screen that's blacked out is, uh, is not going to be available to you. Right. So it behooves you to get your butt up there right now because getting college fantasy football information is not as easy as you think. It's not like the pros. So if you want to have that competitive advantage, get your butt up there. Sign up for cfbdynasty.com so you can have access to this.
0: So each column will have, obviously, QB1. So we've got Caleb Williams as our, you know, top start for this week. Uh, Just list his team there, Uh, his year. So you can kind of, like, if you're scouting out freshmen, you can use the filter here to find just freshmen uh, kind of thing. Um, But we don't have the full you know, 130 or, you know, preseason, like 200 or 300 quarterbacks that we had ranked. They're not all here. We just do the top 40 quarterbacks, top 50 running backs, 50 receivers, 25 tight ends. Um, so you'll see the opponent, what time they're playing. And typically, you just see lines right now for fantasy points and fantasy, fantasy points per game. That's all going to populate every week uh, from here on out. And then you get into the Vegas metrics. So we use the spread. So USC is favored over rice by 34 points. And with the over under 63 and a half, we take that and just count it as that's the total number of points that will be scored in the game um, as estimated there by the over under and then USC is favored by 34, so we've got a little formula that says, okay, USC, based on those metrics, will score 48.75 points. Rice is going to score 14.75, and you can kind of gauge, all right, is that, uh, you know, you want, obviously, in fantasy points, you want offenses that are going to score really high and that's why you're going to see like anthony richardson who might if he lives up to his potential he might uh be ranked pretty high in some games because he fact he figures in to be a high percentage of the florida offense but against utah's really good defense the over under is low and i don't even know if he makes our i don't don't even i don't even think he did um, when I was there
1: last night, I don't remember seeing him. So I don't think, yeah, he's not even in the top 40. Yeah. And, and this just also goes to show DJU from Clemson is your 40th ranked QB 40th ranked for a Clemson quarterback, which is if you go back two years ago, that would be unheard of. That just goes to show, you know, you can't just stick with big names just because he's a name that's known doesn't mean he's going to be uh, effective.
0: Yeah, the projected score for the Florida game based on the over-under and spread would be Florida 24, Utah 26.5. So there's only three touchdowns there. Um, sure, if, if Richardson got all three of them, that would be great, but the propensity for that's low. I uh, don't think he's a good start this week. And that's basically kind of how you go through each of these is Uh, And that's kind of the part that sucks about week one is there's so many good starts. There's not a huge gap between, you know, Caleb Williams at one and Bryce Young at seven. Bryce Young's playing against Utah State. Will he play past the third quarter? Probably not. Um, It's just one of those stupid factors that, that there's just a lot of luck really in week one. I hate week one so much. I love week one. But I hate it from a fantasy perspective because uh, you don't get the true, the true data there. You don't. You've got so many mismatches that it's kind of, kind of hard. You if if you have a guy that plays a half, you just kind of hope he gets his touchdowns.
1: Well, and the other thing too that you know we didn't talk about, which is something that probably could have talked, we could have talked about in the news and notes, but it really is problematic in college fantasy football. Is in the pros you have to give your injury reports, you have to give um, depth charts, starting lineups. Mm. And in college, you've got knuckleheads that are like, you know what? We're just not going to tell you who our quarterback is going to be because, and they've even said there was even one guy this week. It's going to be to a competitive advantage for us to not tell you who our starting quarterback is. And college quarterbacks use that as, as, as a way to gain game plan advantage. And that really hurts uh, people like us where, You could have a guy that doesn't even play in week one that wasn't on an injury report that could be in this rankings list, but the quarter the coach just decides, you know, I'm going to hold him out this week, and he was on no list at all. So that also causes a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, The algorithm can only do the best that it can based on the data that's there. It can't go and project that a coach is going to not play a guy just because. There's no algorithm for that.
0: Yep. So that, that's really our formula for now. And uh, it's going to get more advanced when the algorithm does launch. Hopefully uh, at some point this season, we'll get it to the point where it's perfected enough where we can just launch it. We can go go really deep if we want to. But did you have any uh, questions or things you wanted to point out about uh, the rankings this week?
1: So on the rankings this week on quarterbacks, um, quarterbacks seem pretty pretty obvious. I think that the, the toughest rankings um, that are in there is you have QB4, you have C.J. Stroud, Ohio State versus Notre Dame, and then running backs, you've got um, Trayvon Henderson, Ohio State versus Notre Dame as RB2. Most of the time early in the season, your highest ranked players are going to be um, guys for that are strong going against dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, so to see your rankings have these high, these Ohio state players playing against Notre Dame. I wanted you to talk about that real quick, because that seems really interesting that you have these guys as high as they are against a super strong power five school or power five level school in Notre Dame. So talk about why you have these Ohio state guys rank that high against a good defense.
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, they're, Great players, future first-round NFL draft picks—like they're gonna get theirs against anybody. Um, and as you're going through the the lineups here, I have Travion Henderson right above Jameer Gibbs, who's against Utah State. But I'm pretty confident Travion Henderson's gonna play all four quarters, and he's gonna get a bunch of touches during that game. A great matchup there. That's one of the things that, man, I wish we had more of those week one. Um, but Jameer Gibbs, what if what if uh, it's a beatdown and he just doesn't, doesn't get his touchdown uh, before he's he sits the rest of that game, um, which totally could happen as they, they figure out what they have behind Jameer Gibbs uh, as, you know, Jace McClellan comes back from injury and other things. So... <clears throat> It's just one of those stupid things to factor in week one is: will my guys play uh, enough against these inferior opponents to get the touches that they need, to get the fantasy points that they need. And my confidence is really high with Travion Henderson. So it's not that playing against Notre Dame hurt, uh, or it's not that it helped, but it certainly didn't hurt that he's playing Notre Dame to me because I think he's going to last all four quarters and he's going to get his standard output, and I think it'll be great.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really big point right there too. So I'm glad you brought that up. When you got guys like Ohio State playing against Notre Dame, you're probably not going to be seeing the bench guys getting in in the fourth quarter. It's going to be the full lineup. College football has no preseason, so right underneath the RB4, you have Jordan Mims from Fresno State. If this was a, if this was the pros, Jordan Mims would probably play all four quarters. Jordan Mims is probably going to go out there and have a blow up day. However, he's playing Cal Poly. And he is probably only going to last a quarter or two so that they can get some of these younger guys in and get them some experience. So yeah. that is something that really goes into this ranking, like you said, of how, how far are these guys going to be playing into a game? So that's why you've got guys like Travion Henderson that can jump up there into the rankings, even though they're playing a quality opponent, because they are going to get more playing time in the game.
0: Yeah, and let me also say for those of you that are, that are, might have the question, all right, why do we have NA for some of these Vegas metrics in there? Well, all right, so we're using Bovada this year for all of our lines, and lines can move. Uh, these aren't live connected like they will be when we have the algorithm, um, you know, launching with an API to these these different metrics that will move uh, throughout the week. Um, So I put this together ASAP, typically start building this out on Sunday morning, so as soon as the lines are out, I'm on it, and kind of filling out the spreadsheet, and then once all the data's in there, then I can start moving people around for week two rankings, that's what I'll be doing. Um, Well, typically I'd be doing it this Sunday, but we'll still have a couple games left, so this week might be, or will be an anomaly, but... Vegas doesn't put lines on all the games, especially some of these that are, like, huge mismatches. But some of these, like this Kansas State... Uh, oh, no, that's San Diego. That's going to be a beatdown, too. But some of these, you know, might eventually have a line, and I could miss it. You can always, if you see one on Bovada, you can always reach out on the Discord and let me know, and I can update things. And I'll, I'll typically check throughout the week, but that's why. Like, not all of these games have lines that are... Uh, you know able to be gambled on
1: so for those of you guys that are listening or those of you guys that can't see the screen uh BMAC, i think we should probably just go down give them the top five guys at each position so that that way they know what the rankings are so we'll start with quarterbacks why don't you just list off the uh, the top five guys there we don't even have to really talk through them just so they yep. know the names if they got them on the list give them your top five guys um a quarterback mm-hmm. and then i'll do running backs and we'll go from there
0: Yeah, so we've got Caleb Williams for USC at number one. Their opponents, Rice, on Saturday night. The spread is 34. So the projected score, 48.75 to 14.75 in favor of USC. Um, We've got uh, Tennessee's Hendon Hooker at number two. Uh, This week against Ball State, Thursday night, 7 o'clock. So we'll be watching that one tomorrow night. Uh, This The projected team points for Tennessee is 50.75 to 17 for uh, Ball State. And then we've got Will Rogers at QB3 for Mississippi State. They're playing against a tougher opponent, Memphis, so that should be a battle into the fourth quarter with uh, 35 to 21-ish points uh, scored there. And then C.J. Stroud for Ohio State playing against Notre Dame it's a 17 point favorite uh, for Ohio State right now. Basically 38 to 21 um, is the projected final score there. And then I've got DTR, Dorian Thompson Robinson for UCLA at QB five against Bowling Green uh, with a 24 point spread there in favor of UCLA. So 41 to 17 ish is the, the final score there.
1: All right, going down to running backs. Uh- CFB Dynasty has got Bijan Robinson as the number one, as RB1. They're playing against UL Monroe Saturday night. Uh, Over-under is uh, a 38.5 spread and the uh, over-under 66.5, which means it's projected to be about a 52-14 to game. That's probably going to be a lot of it on the shoulders of Bijan Robinson. Uh, RB2, Travion Henderson, Ohio State versus Notre Dame Saturday night. Uh, 58 points is the over-under. Uh, so again, you're looking at how much time is he going to be on the field, probably going to be all the way through the end of the game. Uh, so you're probably going to get a lot of points out of Travion Henderson. Uh, RB3 is Jameer Gibbs going to be in his first game with Alabama after transferring over uh, playing against Utah State. So Jameer Gibbs could be the the boom player this week uh, in his first game in the uh, playing there for Alabama. Jordan Mims for Fresno State taking over for Ronnie Rivers. Um, Jordan Mims actually was able to put up tons of stats with Ronnie River still on the team. Uh, now he gets to be the, the single guy at Fresno state playing against Cal Poly, uh, tomorrow night at 10 30. So, uh, Jordan Mims is probably going to blow it up, but he's also probably going to blow it up until the end of the first half. And then he's going to be sitting on the bench. Um, and last <laughs> but not least, uh, RB five Deuce Vaughn for Kansas state playing against, uh, San Diego, not San Diego state, but San Diego. <laughs> right. So,
0: um, that's a key that
1: is probably going to be a complete beatdown. How long will he be in the game? Uh, not even a point spread out there for that game right now on the, uh, on the CFB dynasty site. So um, yeah, that's one of those. Can you get his points early? Cause if he, if, if there's a bunch of passing touchdowns early, that could mess him up in fantasy because he may not even be in the game past the second quarter.
0: Yep, for sure. And yeah, um... Wide receiver one this week, Jackson Smith and Jigba for Ohio State. Uh, no surprise, we've gone over that game a few times now. So let's skip over to wide receiver two, Jordan Addison for USC. Last year's Blitnikoff winner, um, we've gone over that spread. Should be a beat down for USC over Rice. Another one that we've gone over, Cedric Tillman. Um, wide receiver three for Tennessee. Um, as they play ball tomorrow night. And then we've got Xavier Worthy for Texas. Uh, Quinn Ewers is is up there. He's in our top 10 quarterback starts for this week. Um, <clears throat> but Texas against Yo Monroe should be like a 52.5 to 14-ish score. And then at wide receiver 5, one of the, the guys who took off at the beginning of last year from Fresno, we've got Jalen Cropper against Cal Poly there. That's going to be a beat down. Hopefully he gets his in the first half too.
1: Going down to tight ends, you got Brock Bowers from UGA as tight end number one playing against Oregon uh, Saturday. Tight end two, Benjamin Urasek, Stanford versus Colgate. Again, how long is he going to be in the game if he's playing against Colgate? Uh, no offense to Colgate, but that's going to be a beat down game right there. It has the potential to be. Sam Laporta from Iowa playing against San Diego State. Uh, then tight end four, Michael Meyer from Notre Dame at Ohio state. We've talked about that game and then tight in five, Zach Coons from old dominion, got a lot of preseason press, a lot of preseason hype. They're playing against Virginia tech. That's one of those games. that's going to be really interesting because when you've got a team that's lower level group of five playing against a higher level, um, team that's in the power five, those guys might not get their stats early on in the season. I know that there was, uh, there was one guy in the wide receiver group that, um, was going to mention that is one of those that we want to make sure let me see if I can go find it really quick yeah and
0: normally Koontz would get the downgrade he's just such a high percentage of that offense that uh I think he's going to get his touches I think he'll be an anomaly and uh we'll see how he does Friday night
1: yeah look at that man let me tell you what I'm not trying to delay why don't you go to the defenses I'll come back and uh Pull up my guy that I was going to talk about for for I don't even see him on your rankings this week, and there's, yeah, there's a good so, reason why. So,
0: yeah, no no defenses, um, no kickers this week. Um, that's one that most people aren't really interested in. We can certainly add them back, and uh, if you have a comment on kickers or defenses, just let me know, and they're easy to add back.
1: All right, give um, me one sec here. I can't believe that I'm stalling like this. Ah! <laughs> let's see here so Dante Cephas from Kent is the guy that uh, a lot of preseason press a lot of a uh, lot of talk about him but Kent State is playing against Washington is Washington State playing against Washington on Saturday night so that's a guy that got a lot of preseason press when you're playing against the team it's that much higher you might not uh, he might not be able to get a whole lot of um, <clears throat> Get a whole lot of, of meaningful touches in a game like that.
0: Yeah, Washington, and that game's favored by 21.5 with the over under of 59. So you're looking at, you know, a potential uh, of, of basically two touchdowns for Kent this game. Uh, so, yeah, not the best week to start your Kent players, but uh, oh, your time's coming because they're going to be a good offense this year. Oh, yeah.
1: just that just goes to show when you have those group of five guys sometimes you got to wait a little bit they might uh might get beat down a couple times earlier in the season but as the season rolls on and they're playing in their conference schedule that's when you're going to get crazy action on tuesday nights 110 point uh over under games and uh really Mm. help you to be able to win your fantasy championships
0: absolutely
1: all right so so BMAC, do you want to get to quickly to the DFS rankings right now? Is that something we're going to do real quick?
0: Sure, yes. That's a good idea. Let me throw that back up on the screen for those of you watching. So this is uh, kind of a behind-the-scenes look at some of the spreadsheets that power this stuff, not all of these things that you'll see live. But um, I did some formulas to kind of pull in the DraftKings number. Um, so you'll see here – let me – blow this up on the screen a bit um so you'll see the draft kings number here in, in column n and the fan number in column o um so that you can kind of see all right here's our rankings but then if you're playing in dfs here's what their value is so th- this is like a a more statistical way to kind of spot some players that might be undervalued yes we're going to pick them out in an article and have that available to you, and we have to send it off to the Sporting News uh, by tomorrow. Um, So hopefully DraftKings and FanDuel will have all their their player values out by then, but we kind of have to wait for that before we do the full article. So this is going to be a new statistical representation where you'll be able to see the point spread right next to the DraftKings and FanDuel values, and this is so key for being able to able to pick out that you know that three thousand dollar value player you want them to come from a potential boom scenario like in this case uh you'll be able to see the projected points for every team for every player and um we'll try and uh expand this out for dfs so that you can get a long list of players they might not all be ranked in in order of fantasy projections, but you'll be able to see their values. You'll be able to use this tool, use this data to find some of those boom players or potential boom players or sleepers, if if you want to call them that, um, that are available, that are that are down there. So, um, you know, there's some that are that are kind of surprising going into this week. But our article will we'll talk about that and uh, we'll go over. All of these potential sleepers and some players to avoid some like low price long shots and different stuff like that so that'll come out here in probably about a day
1: cool all right we're getting near the end of the podcast but we still have a bunch of things to cover so in a little bit we're going to talk about how we feel in our matchups in our in our home league how we feel we have a how we feel in that in that situation but first we are going to go to a brand new segment that you guys are going to come to know and love. It's going to be B max brisket lock. We want to talk to B Mac every week. He gets to pick a guy. It's not going to be a guy that's going to be at the top of the list, but it could be a guy that uh, he is so confident. The guy's going to perform. He would bet his plate of brisket on this mm. guy's performance. Mm. B Mac, who is the guy for week one that you bet a plate of brisket on? A great uh,
0: give me chase brown um for illinois at indiana this week on the road uh you know the confidence that you have when you start one of those wisconsin running backs for college fantasy you know the guys that are the guaranteed starter it's just a lock well that's how i feel about chase brown and week zero didn't disappoint um he was one of our sleepers we typically had him ranked higher than most and uh love chase brown like he's from you know brett bielema's offense for those of you who don't know he's in year two now at illinois and he used to just run that rock at wisconsin behind those big uglies and he's building that o-line back at illinois and chase brown's his running back so he's gonna get his touches they're gonna ride or die with chase brown and i think uh Week in, week out, he's going to be someone you can start. And his value this week on DraftKings is pretty low. Like, I'll probably have him in in most of my lineups that he's available.
1: All right, so that is BMAC's brisket lock, Chase Brown from Illinois. You guys can tell us in Discord what you think about that. If he disappoints, I want you guys to make sure you give BMAC all kinds of heck about that. (laughs) Tell Tell him the address to send these plates of brisket to. We'll see if he actually does it. But uh, that's BMAC's brisket lock for week one. So before we get to questions from Discord, we've told you guys that we want to answer your questions, and there's a bunch of them out there. Uh, real quick, BMAC, how are you feeling in the CFB Dynasty Home League, your matchup for week one? You are playing against Josh Speed Reed. San Diego State is his team. How are you feeling about that matchup this week?
0: Yes, let me pull that up, and we'll – We'll break that down really quick before we get to the questions. Um, So I kind of have to go through and reset my lineups. I like to do that after I launch rankings because I've got all that data that I had fresh in my head. But we've got uh, Chevin Cordero against Bryce Young. I've got Bryce Young. I like that matchup, but it's one of those that, you know, how long are the players going to play kind of thing. <clears throat> and uh, at running back, same thing. So he's got Tyon Evans from Louisville, Blake Corum, and at flex, Chris Smith. And I've got Zach Evans from Ole Miss, Chase Brown, and Will Shipley. So, oh man, I, I think at receiver is where I'll have a good advantage with Rasheed Rice, Xavier Worthy, and Kayshawn Boutte against Stefan Cobb's marvin harrison and and jaylen mcmillan but i if i had to put a point spread on this one uh i would say my team by 28 i
1: think i would probably take that because i feel like uh, i feel like you've got the advantage in this game uh, i look at your roster and it makes me sick because that's a really dang good roster Um, I think it's going to be a good game for you. It all depends on how long these guys are going to be in the game for.
0: Yeah, and I've I've felt so good about these games in week one before and just got crushed. So it's one of those things where I temper my expectations just because week one with all the mismatches is just absurd for fantasy.
1: This week I'm going against one of the juggernauts, Mike Dillingham. My team in this league is NC State. His team is North Carolina. Going against one of the juggernauts, His roster is the one that every year you look at and it makes you shiver. Um, I feel like I definitely come into this game as the underdog. Um, It all depends on how much Malusi's going to get, how many carries he's going to get in Wisconsin this week, um, how many carries Cameron Peoples is going to get. If you remember back to a couple of podcasts ago, or maybe it was even the last podcast, we talked about um, attrition on my team. I lost basically every running back, uh, every wide receiver on my team, um, the only running backs I had that came back were Malusi and Peoples. Uh, but I had to replace every single wide receiver on my squad. So um, in the draft, I think it was the five of the first six rounds, I went wide receivers. So I feel really good about the fact that I've got Corley, Thornton, Tillman, and Hippenhammer all came onto my team this year. I feel like I've got a, a strong wide You've receiver You've got the core. advantage
0: at receiver here in this matchup. Yeah.
1: yeah, I feel like wide receivers where I have the advantage, but I do not feel like I've got the overall advantage. I think uh, – my biggest thing is going to be that I need a, uh, I need a Jordan Mims to go berserk at a Fresno State and get a bunch of points early to keep the ball out of Jake Hayner's hands. Uh, if that can happen, then I'll have myself a shot. Uh, if yeah. not, I think that I, I think I'm going to uh, fall in defeat to uh, to the most hated North Carolina team that's out there. But hey, you gotta you gotta go play the games. You gotta play the games and see who's uh, who comes out on top. So I've got to hope, BMAC, If you're going to put a point spread on this game, what would you say?
0: I'd say Dillingham minus. Fifteen.
1: Didn't I think that's advantage. pretty I think that's pretty legit. I think that's pretty legit.
0: Yeah. Uh, we'll just have to see. The we'll have to backs.
1: see. Yeah, running backs but are hurt
0: it, me. It's it's definitely a better game than uh than me versus Josh, but we'll see. We'll see. So then again, week so if one, anything can happen. So
1: So if you're Josh Speed Reed, I wanna make sure that you hear that that B Mac just said he thinks he's gonna beat your butt. He thinks you have no <laughs> chance. So you better just hand him over the win right now.
0: Yeah. So for as far as the the questions, um, yeah, questions from to, Yeah, we're gonna have to, to get through these um, probably on the next podcast because um, it looks like I'm losing some connection here, and I don't want to to end it on a on a silent note. So let's let's tackle these out next week. Matt, does that sound ah. good?
1: Hey, that's fine with me. So, hey, if you're somebody that's out there that has a question on Discord, uh, we got your questions, we had them lined up for today. We're running out of time. We will get to them. Most of the questions are seasonal questions, they're not like what do I who do I start in week one? Yeah, they're long shot questions. We'll get to them, and you know what? We'll actually start the next podcast off with those questions.
0: Yep, love it, Matt. Well, hey, thanks, thanks again for joining in, and uh, we appreciate you guys for listening.
1: Absolutely. See you guys later. My name is Matt Knowles, that's Brian McKelfridge. This is the CFB Dynasty podcast. See you on uh, next week after week, uh, week one.